Sweet Billy got picked on at school for things he couldn't change. He tried his best to play it cool, but in the seventh grade, you either fit right in or you don't fit. That's just the cold hard truth. I wish that I'd have been the friend that Billy never knew. I think it's time to come together, you and I can make a change. Maybe we can make a difference, make the world a better place. Look around and love somebody, we've been hateful long enough. Let the good Lord reunite us to this country that loves undivided. Yep. Welcome back. Top of the second hour, haven't even done the prayer yet. I usually try to do that. I tried to explain. Anyway, to finish the thought, this is the top of the second hour of today's Road Warrior Radio broadcast this Friday, February 9th, 2024. So again, you know, just to finish up from the, the end of the last hour, Tertullian, he said it all, man. What indeed has Athens to do with Jerusalem? What has the academy to do with the church? And, in fact, heresies are themselves prompted by philosophy. And Zazulius observed that there are no new heresies after the 5th century. You might even say before that, but I, I am not as learned as he, so I'm going to go with his observation. And these, these are clues. Um, I'll give you a little bit from this post that I mentioned. Um, this uh, person over at Stack Exchange who answers this question, who goes by Ann. Um, a little excerpt. Uh, research into Tertullian's beliefs, you know, so the question is, I'm wondering what the controversies have been, um, et cetera, et cetera. Not that I am as smart as Tertullian to pose such a question, but I'd like to know how various churches answer this question. What has Jerusalem to do with Athens? Um, and so the person says, this is a Christomathy request, so I'd prefer the answer or answers be in the form of citations from major works outlining the tenets of each sect with regard to how and if it integrates with Greek philosophy and theology. And it's interesting, you know, Tertullian nailed it. This is the battle that's come down through history, and we have arrived at the point now where the Hellenistic impulse has subsumed everything else in the frame and the context is exclusively, let's just call it Hellenistic. And patently godless for that matter. And that's where the humanist impulse comes in that masks some of these other things. It seems very amorphous, but it's, you know, emblematic and representative of all of these offshoots that sort of coalesce in it. So, you know, Tertullian summed it up. What indeed has Athens to do with Jerusalem? What has the academy to do with the church? So, the, in, in the uh, answer to this person's question over at the Christianity Stack Exchange, this person, Anne, 
answers uh, research into Tertullian's beliefs, experience, and in, uh, intentions help us to grasp why he came out with this memorable statement. What indeed has Athens to do with Jerusalem? What has the academy to do with the church? First, the full quote with, with the context, thus providing insight into Tertullian's attitude to philosophy. Next, a look into the complex personality of the man and the theological problems of his day, which he wrote about. Putting all that together helps us understand that this no, uh, this is no mere soundbite, no simple riposte. Tertullian was waging a verbal war, and his strategies were numerous and varied. She uh, postulates, um, and so she gives the she writes this uh, first. Bettinson, Henry Bettinson, provides this fulsome quote uh, from De Prescriptione Hereticorum uh, on the prescription of or uh, against heresies. And um, here's the excerpt. And again, this is exactly where we are. Today, it's no different. It is this philosophy, which is the subject matter of this world's wisdom, that rash interpreter of the divine nature and order. In fact, heresies are themselves prompted by philosophy. It is the source of aeons. And I know not what infinite forms and the, tr the trinity of man and the system of Valentinus. The, uh, yeah, he was he was a Platonist. It is the source of Marcion's better God, better because of his tranquility. Marcion came from the Stoics. Again, when it is said that the soul perishes, that opinion is taken from the Epicureans. The denial of the restoration of the flesh is taken over from the universal teachings of the philosophers. The equation of matter with God. Uh, the equating, I would say, of matter with God is the doctrine of Zeno. And so there, you know, we get the modern materialists anyway. And when the assertion is made about a god of fire, then Heraclitus comes in. And um, possi possibly um, Prometheus, obviously. Heretics and philosophers handle the, sa the same subject matter. And I would say in a dis, I would, I would, you know, just parenthetically interject in a misotheistic and distheistic, you know, paddly misotheistic and dis distheistic fashion. Heretics and philosophers handle the same subject matter. Both treat the same topics. Both treated the same topics. Whence came evil and why? Whence came man and how? And a question lately posed by Valentinus, whence came God? Answer, from Enthymesis to and uh, Ectroma. Wretched Aristotle, who taught them dialectic, the art of building up and demolishing, so protean in statement, so far-fetched in conjecture, so unyielding in controversy, so productive of disputes, self-stultifying, since it is ever handling questions but never settling anything, even though we constantly hear in today's modern Hellenistic world that everything is settled, even though it's not always. 
What is there in common between Athens and Jerusalem? What between the academy and the church? What between heretics and Christians? Away with all projects for a Stoic, a Platonic, or a dialectic Christianity. Exactly. There you go. After Christ Jesus, we desire no subtle theories, no acute inquiries after the gospel. So, I would I would completely agree with that last bit wholeheartedly away with all projects for a stoic platonic dialectic christianity no christian socialism no christian mysticism no christian humanism so called all of it an oxymoron just like uh tertullian put it no stoic christianity no platonic no dialectic christianity and really, you know, you can almost step back and people mistake Christianity. As as many people have noted, uh, Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. That is the distinction. Well, there are, you know, I mean, theosophy teaches us there are a lot of wise teachers, a lot of Buddhas, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of ageless wisdom out there. Well, that's great, you know. I mean, Buddha had it and, you know. Muhammad had it, and Moses, obviously. Yeah, but Jesus is the one who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He's the only one who said that. And so the question is, what will you do with this Christ? Because history seems to, I mean, even the even the esoterics and the mystics say he was, he was um, you know, a wise teacher and a prophet. Apparently... They acknowledge his existence, so then what do you do with that question? Is he a madman, or was what he, what he said true? Anyway, that's for each of us to wrestle through on our own. And um, so, you know, we are in the same place today that Tertullian observed. What indeed has Athens to do with Jerusalem? What has the academy to do with the church? But I remember being in school. I think it was junior high. I don't remember exactly how uh, my teacher put it, but he said something, and I've mentioned this before, and I think uh, I don't know where I got it. I wish I did. But you know, he said, as long as science was under the umbre- umbrella of religion, so to speak, you know, broadly speaking, and that, in a Christian context, uh, things were okay, but once science broke out, and now religion is under the scientific umbrella, all hell has broken loose since then. And really, you know, that was always kind of the plan. That's the Genesis 11 impulse, in simple terms. And you see it coming forward in the scientific revolution, all of a sudden, all the mystery stuff that has been incubating down through through history that guys like John D, Francis Bacon, Manley Hall write about it starts creeping out into the open through uh you know the invisible college um network so to speak the royal society and so on and you know we come to today when it again I mean the you know, it, this has subsumed everything, and the discussion is all 
led from that vantage point and most people don't even realize it and so you know you think of the technique of infamy for example with regard to uh what i talked about in the first hour the authorized king james only versus uh dewey reams only is the technique of infamy Inventing two lies and getting you arguing heatedly over which one is true. Many flavors of Kool-Aid in a sense. But, you know, in that example, again, I'm going to say follow the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding above all. First Corinthians chapter 2, when it comes to Bible stuff, don't, don't freak out. Don't panic. Just know that bad guys try to do bad things. You know, the devil beguiles people. You see it in Genesis chapter 3. Right at the beginning, and this is a subject that's dealt with to the end of the book of 66 books. So, not a surprise, nothing to panic about. Um, just let the Holy Spirit lead that discussion. And I really, more and more, am inclined to appreciate the Holy Spirit. I think Second Thessalonians 2 is a clue. Uh, when you see that the restrainer is taken out of the way, could that possibly be because we've been convinced not to cry out that it doesn't make a difference and that, you know, the sort of inevitability issue is a mind virus that we've succumbed to? And because of the humanism, we could take care of it ourselves. You know, speaking of the Unitarian impulse. And so speaking of what, you know, we played the clip in the in the first hour there at the end of the first hour of uh, Dan Ward, Preserved Word Ministries, two Bibles, one uh, part one, West God and Hort's Demonic Creation. And um, his take on all of this. Um, but I guess I would add, you know, it doesn't stop there. It doesn't just stop with Westcott and Hort. It goes beyond these guys. Anyway, I suppose that's probably enough for now. And I gave the example Speaking of King James versus Geneva in this case, you know, Ephesians six twelve. probably should do the prayer quickly with that in mind. But, you know, again, just revisiting that from the authorized King James. Why is this different? And it's obvious. We played that clip. Um, maybe we should do that again, actually. The clip from the gangs of new york before i say this you know that little that subtle little deal we could do that we could play that real quick just that little bit what does he say do you know who william shakespeare is saying that was bloody Shakespearean. What? Do you know who Shakespeare was, Sonny? He was a fellow who wrote the King James Bible. Mister. There you I go. Know when 
sneaking stuff in to culture. Did Bacon influence the uh, authorized King James and Friends, Bacon and Friends? Perhaps. God save the Queen. So, King James, Ephesians 6.12, versus Geneva, Ephesians 6.12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness, of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's the King James. And the Geneva reads, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the worldly governors. Hmm. Principalities or excuse me, the princes of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness, which are in the high places. Why would worldly governors be left out, possibly, do you think? Again, probably because it's self-incriminating. we got to take that out, and we want these people to fall down and worship us. It's always that. The most dangerous man on earth is... As Jesus put it in John 8, he whom the Son sets free, who is free indeed. The slave doesn't remain in the house forever, but the Son does. Therefore, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. That's an interesting exchange in John 8. They keep pressing, pressing, pressing. You are of your father, you are of your father. And they're like, we're of our father Abraham, man. We are. We were not born of fornication. Whew. That's intense. Yeah. Anyway, it's the same old battle. That's the point. And this idea of philosophy as superior, which, as Dan Ward pointed out in the, in the clip that we played, Westcott and Hort believed. They believed in the superiority of Athens over Jerusalem in Tertullian context. And that's precisely where we are today. The universities teach the Platonic Academy exclusively. And if they teach the Bible, it's through biblical criticism, higher criticism, skepticism, which is the Platonic uh, tradition of the Academy coming up through Pyrrho and Sextus Empiricus and the empirical blah, blah, blah. You know, we, we rely on the things that we can prove. And again, that gets to the history of America, the laws of nature and nature's God. The things that we can observe without revelation, in other words, without God, without the Holy Spirit, without divine intervention. That's our American history. And the guys responsible for the modern translations were all on board with that. And so this is why, you know, again, as Dan Ward observed, you know, the the Romanism, which is obviously pejorative um, for the Roman Catholic Church contingent, and uh, Unitarianism, this is why you can see Jonathan Rumi go on The View and everyone's excited, or... Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie team up to make Barbie and you know what maybe they're Christians and all of the Catholics and Mormons are Christians everybody's a Christian now all of the Romanists and Unitarians are Christians in Westcott and Hort's world 
Stick around, we'll be right back. This avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. Do you truly want to stay out of the system? Are you prepared to buy into the biggest scam since the Iraqi dinar? If not, then put your money where it belongs, in your possession, not in the hands of an international MLM cartel. At Kettle Moraine Limited, we will provide you with the finest Swiss-minted detachable gram sheets of pure 24-karat gold for hundreds of dollars less than the so-called privately-issued credit cards with elusive gold backing. Gold backing... The only gold that I want is in my back pocket, not backed by promises of an operation even the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is suspect of, giving a rating of C-. To get the full story, visit SierraMadrePreciousMetals.com and go to the Valcombi Bullion Vault. Once you have read the whole story about the scam being perpetrated on an unsuspecting public and how you can avoid being a victim by purchasing these beautiful, barterable, tradable sheets of gold at tremendous savings and in the strictest of privacy, be prepared to take the steps to protect your wealth with the purchase of the real deal. Detachable 50-gram gold bars from Kettle Moraine Limited by calling 602-799-8214. Ask about our one-ounce Valcombi detachable bars, which break into one-tenth ounce bars. And don't forget, for all of your precious metal needs, whether buying or having the need to sell, call Kettle Moraine Limited. Remember, no dinar, no celery, and no carrots. If you buy from someone else... Tell them you want AU, not BS. Call Kettle Moraine LTD today at 602-799-8214. Kettle Moraine LTD, the effort to bend the King James Version update, you know, we'll get rid of all of that anachronistic language and bring it into, you know, modern deal, Westcott and Hort, 
you know, why the effort to bend the King James update, uh, which became all modern translations, in a Romanist Unitarian, Romanist slash Unitarian direction, as Dan Ward was talking about. Because that is a step, a gateway to the merging into the grand ecumenical Genesis 11 redo scheme. You know, the ancient Babylonian mystery religions, that's it. Uh, arguably, best represented in the humanist, i.e. Satanist, bent. That's it. And um, for, for those who would say, well, I'm not a Christian, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an atheist, I'm agnostic, I don't even care about this stuff. Well, you think so. I would say the reason why you should care is because you have been inculcated into a religion without even knowing it. How can you say that? I will prove it to you. Um, again, well, just borrowing from, from some folks. I mentioned these these uh, quotes, just a few quotes real quick. Things that have happened while we weren't paying attention. Richard John Newhouse, I think, was astute when he observed that culture is the root of politics and religion is the root of culture. Putting the cult in culture. Uh, Frederick Taylor Gates wrote in The Country School of Tomorrow, a hundred years ago, in our dream, we have limitless resources and the people yield themselves with perfect docility to our molding hand. The present educational conventions fade from our minds and unhampered by tradition. We work our own goodwill. Who decides what's good upon a grateful and responsive rural folk in the impact of science on society. Bertrand Russell wrote the populace will not be allowed to know how its convictions were generated in a scientific dictatorship, a technocratic environment. If you're picking up what is being laid down here, what's coming is all of the efforts, the technocratic, the communitarian, the cybernetic, the, none of these are new concepts. None of these are new concepts, and they all coalesce in this humanist impulse. Continuing, Bernays wrote, it will come to him as his own idea. Most importantly, Whitaker Chambers from Ralph Epperson's The Unseen Hand, one student at Columbia, Whitaker Chambers, who later became a member of the Communist Party, the godless Communist Party, or so they think, satanic really. Marxist, Marx was the one of the apostate rebels, wrote this about his student days at the school at Columbia. When I entered... I was conservative in my view of life and politics. I was undergoing a religious experience. By the time I left, entirely by my own choice, like Bernays said, it will come to his, him to his own idea. Entirely by my own choice, I was no longer a conservative and I had no religion. Now, how can he say I was undergoing a religious experience and by the time I left, I had no religion? Doesn't that sound contradictory? It is because the indoctrination into this humanist impulse leads one to believe 
He has no religion. He has, you know, the apotheosis of man. He has uh, become his own god. He has escaped the, you know, Groundhog Day rinse and repeat in Jungian, Nietzschean sort of fashion. He's broken out of the matrix. Except not. That's the belief that you have, but you haven't. The cultural Marxists are all about that. And so last but not least, Michael Tassarian from his uh, Children of Thanatos, the Marcusan Society. How can, such an arm, how can such an armored character, you know, it's easier to fool a man than to convince him he's been fooled. How can such an armored character recognize his own emotional plague? How can the self-poisoned man's thinking heal his society of its derangement? For all his efforts, this type may succeed only in increasing the world's problems. Psychically mutilated people are completely incapable of seeing themselves as sick and wrong-headed. It's just not possible. And this is why things as enlightened and cosmopolitan as we may think we have become only get worse. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Tejibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com. My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee. It's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumer's house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get. And you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. 
Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. It's the good life. Full of fun seems to be the ideal. Yes, the good life lets you hide all the sadness you feel. You won't really fall in love, cause you can't take the chance. So be honest with yourself, don't try to fake romance. It's the good life to be free and explore the unknown Like the heartaches when you learn you must face them alone Please remember I still want you and in case You wonder why Well, just wake up Kiss that good life Goodbye Welcome back Bottom of the second hour already of today's Road Warrior Radio broadcast. And um, we should get to the prayer. A clue on this stuff that I'm talking about comes to us by way, in this case, uh, of Fyodor Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment. Dostoevsky uh, died on this day in 1881, so we'll borrow, you know, we'll seize upon the opportunity. He wrote, all is in a man's hands, and he lets it all slip from cowardice. That's an axiom. It would be interesting to know what it is men are most afraid of. Taking a new step, uttering a new word, is what they fear most. That's just that's just um, gateway nonsense, you know. You should you should do this because you know you're you're brave and courageous if you hurdle yourself headlong into the new ecumenical 
world order, which is just the old ancient Babylonian mystery religion nonsense rebooted. Anyway, to the prayer and to the phones, it's, it's late. You know, it's long overdue, but better late than never. Uh, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Lord, please help us to put on. And let me back up, actually. Uh, speaking of Ephesians 6.12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the worldly governors the princes of the darkness of this world against this uh, spiritual wickedness which are in the high places. And while I'm at it, I might as well pray the rest from the Geneva instead of the King James. For this cause unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to resist in the evil day and have having finished all things stand fast. Stand therefore and your loins girded about with verity in the Geneva, we'll do it that way this uh, today. And having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, take the shield of faith wherewith ye may quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray always with all manner prayer and supplication in the spirit and watch thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all saints and um, just to round it out, I pray no weapon formed against the righteous shall prosper, that all who walk in error would come to know the truth in Christ. Father, please reveal our hypocrisy and double-mindedness. I pray that unrepentant evildoers be brought swiftly to justice and wickedness be brought swiftly to an end. Righteousness be restored in the land and above all, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. That's good enough. I mean, that, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that could be the whole show. Uh, I'll say this one one thing before we go to the phones. Um, uh, points of clarification from yesterday, because I don't, you know, we'll probably be on the phones to the end of the broadcast. Walter E. Williams on slavery Again, John 8 is the sort of caveat to what Walter Williams is saying. I didn't throw that in yesterday, but it was on my mind and my heart. The working definition of slavery, you know, is effectively the misuse of one person for uh, the purposes of another. But like Jesus said, he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. What does that mean? Well, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Anyway, First uh, Corinthians uh, 13 also mentioned uh, yesterday, Cynthia Chung's um, post that I read from yesterday and her uh, channel, I guess you call it, yes, I understand the irony, uh, you know, through a glass darkly, which is a, I believe, a reference to First Corinthians thirteen. 
But if we back up, it's interesting. There's a couple of verses I wanted to just throw that out, you know, but, uh, you know, for, for now and for we know in part and we prophesy in part, that's 1 Corinthians 13, 9 and going forward. But when that which is perfect has come, who is that? Who is that that? Then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. This sort of counterbalances our fun with the PMJ playlist, you know, stuff like that. So anyway, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I also am even also as I am known. And then finally, and now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. And it's interesting, just as a final note on this, um, if you go to uh, the um, Tyndale Bible Wikipedia entry, under the section reaction of the Catholic Church and execution challenges to the Catholic Church doctrine, those two sections in particular, the Tyndale Bible Wikipedia entry, you'll see some of the controversies of the language that Tyndale used that, you know, was objectionable for the authorities, air quotes. And then the Thomas More Wikipedia uh, entry under the section debates with Tyndale, you will you will see the word charity, for example, is Mentioned there, that's just a jumping off point for anybody who's interested in that kind of stuff. To the phones we go. Tom in Utah, thanks for calling. Welcome. Hi, Chris. Good morning, Tom. I'm grateful, I'm, I'm grateful for the Greek interlinear. Okay. It fixes, it fixes a serious error, a 180-degree flip on the intent of a scripture that I had to deal with time and time again. First Timothy four, verse three. The word ital- that's italicized is commanding. What does that tell you? If you go to the Greek interlinear. So what's the probably intent? that the the in, the inference is that it didn't exist in the original. Right. So now, and why is that that verse? Tell me what. The real intent of Paul was. I, I don't have it. I'm not sure what you're. What are you getting at? Can you just can you just first, give it to me? First Timothy, first Timothy four one one through six. But the the real crit, crit, critical issue is the intent of a verb in verse three. Okay. In the Greek in earlier, forbidding is the active verb. But in the King James, to not incriminate himself or his business, he puts the word in uh, commanding. So the active verb is not forbidding, as actually is in the words of Paul, but the King James, he made them change that to commanding, which is a 180-degree turn. Okay, so... Forbidding to marry, to abstain from meats. So if we take out and commanding is what you're saying? Uh-huh. Okay. And it agrees with biology. And it agrees with fact. 
agrees with truth. But what is the context of the passage? Spirit expressly, the Spirit speaking expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. The apostate crowd departing from the faith, the Marxist crowd giving heed to, and when I say Marxist, I'm talking about Karl Marx specifically, who was a guy who had an orthodox, a semblance of orthodox uh, Christian upbringing. People say, well, you know, wasn't he Jewish? Wasn't his family? Look into it a little further. Anyway, but he departed from the faith exactly as Paul is talking about in First Timothy 4. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, etc., etc., forbidding to marry. So that's what they say. They they say this. Yeah, so I, if I abstain from something and you forbid me or by default force me to do otherwise, you're the one in trouble, not me as the abstainer. See, I've, people have tried to beat me over the head with that, but I said, you know what? If you go by the Greek interlinear understanding, then that that com, conforms with science, with true science. And I'm not talking about the science you get from the BS of the media and the, and the public, but I'm talking about the microscope and the chemistry of the lab, the facts. So I said, I believe the Bible to be the Word of God as far as it is translated or transcribed mm-hmm. correctly. Yeah, when you get back to the real, the real message of Paul, it fits with science, the true science. It fits with fact. It fits with reality. And the sad thing is, King James wanted to cover his crime, his his cr- crimes against humanity, and he had to have a Bible that supported him and allowed him to. Uh, how to say, look good. Not be incriminated. Anyway, I, I think First Timothy 4, 1 through 6, especially verse 3, when you find out what it really says, it makes me feel good. And then the whole rest of the Bible fits. Okay. And it even fixes Romans 14. I don't think Romans 14 needs to be fixed. Yeah, it is correct. And then, <laughs> then, then Timothy... I mean, even if we follow the same rules, now accept the one who is weak in faith, not judging on his opinions, say I'm just, I'm leaving out the italicized one person has faith that he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats vegetables. That's without the italicized. If you are sick, you need to eat vegetables. That's right. If you're weak, you need to. It it has nothing to do with weakness. It has to do with faith. I'm going to tell you, tell you, Chris, now it matches the reality of chemistry, neurological, but I'm sorry, biological chemistry. It matches. Okay. I well, love the Bible. And anybody that takes the King James and, and tries to hit me with the commanding word, I say, go ahead, go ahead. Then you're in contradiction to what Paul really said. Okay, well, um, 
you have you have made your point. You've made your case. The consequence of living that commanding is we are diseased. We are plagued. That's what I'm fighting against. I don't want you to be diseased and plagued. Appreciate it. That's what Paul was was wishing for. Everything else. I appreciate it. I think we've pretty much beat this dead horse. No, we're. I think we're running the risk of perverse disputings. Speaking of First Timothy, the evidence is clear. Okay, you made if your you case. Back, if you go listen, back to the gospel, Tom, Tom, the, the Tom, hold on, Tom. Listen for a second. Listen, you don't want someone to beat you over the head with what word? Commanding. Uh huh. Why do I get the distinct impression you're trying to beat me over the head? I'm not trying to force you to think or believe anything, but you won't let it go. Why do I get the distinct impression you are trying to command me? No. Your listeners need to know that that word commanding was not there. You you made that case, Tom, very succinctly. That opens the gate to go back to the garden. You made your case. We're moving on. Appreciate it, Tom. Much appreciated as always. I get the distinct impression you're trying to command, which is another italicized insertion, if I can borrow that context. So, you know, like I said, I think we're in danger of perverse disputings, First Timothy 6.5. Back to the phones. Uh, Pastor Wallace in New York. Thanks for calling. Welcome. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Hi. My name is Pastor Earl Wallace. I'm the uh-huh. pastor, founding pastor of Liberty Christian Fellowship Church. And I was advised to give your show a call by Dave from New York. Okay. Anyway, um, uh, in 2 Timothy 2.23... The Bible talks about, and I appreciate what you tried to do with that, that previous gentleman. The Bible talks about uh, rejecting foolish and ignorant speculations or controversies. So I, I teach that those types of issues are issues for which there are low discipleship application. And I like to stay focused on the application. And, and, I, and I believe our struggle in America today is between people who have a Ten Commandments value system and those who don't. Well, I have you know, a ten right? Okay, okay, go ahead. Well, I, have, I believe you and I have a Ten Commandments value system, probably most of your audience. We believe thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt, ten Commandment number six, we believe thou shalt not sexually molest or confuse. Ten Commandment number seven, we believe thou shalt not steal. Ten Commandment number eight, we believe thou shalt not lie to or about other people, Ten Commandments number nine. And we believe thou shalt not covet our four Ps, our persons or anybody else's persons, people, positions, and possessions. I know I'm talking fast. And we also believe Ten Commandment number five. We have a right to have honor as the guiding principle of our family life. And in America's founding generations of Puritans and pilgrims, Puritan pilgrims, they honored that. They didn't violate your, your, your family due process uh, rights. When if you go, if I did a crime, they wouldn't compel my wife to come into court and testify against me. They would find other evidence against me. 
It wouldn't violate commandment number five. We also have a Ten Commandments number one through four right to worship God publicly the way the Bible says he wants to be worshipped, or the way he says he wants to be worshipped in Scripture. America was not founded on the concept of separation of church and state. That phrase neither appears in the Bible, nor does it appear in the U.S. Constitution. God doesn't separate himself from the state. He either blesses or he judges nations, depending upon primarily how they honor Ten Commandments number one and two. Have no God before me, and don't make any graven image or handcrafted image of anything in the earth, on the earth, or above heaven, or, or any place else you could think of in your representation of, uh, of worshiping me. Um, and I believe that when people get free from a separation of church and state mindset, a lot of these issues we feel like we don't really need to argue about. What we're, what we're really struggling with is our struggle is with people who don't know how to apply the Bible to every aspect of life, including civics. And the way you apply the Bible to every aspect of life, including civics, is you realize, as the Puritans said, we have to have people in our government who have a, who will treat we the people according to the Ten Commandments. I'm not sure if it's to... your connection or mine, but it sounded like you were breaking up there on that last sentence. Could you repeat that, please? Very last sentence? The, yeah. The, the, the Puritan pilgrim. Yeah, it's America's not me. Son. It's not me. I don't know if it's your connection, I'll Mr. Bordop says it's... He hears the same thing. My ear. Can you hear me any better? I think so, yes. All right, well, the, the, the founding generation... Right, America was founded upon... Uh, the, 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 the American government is supposed to be run by people who will treat we the people. Okay, so according to hold the, on a second. The American government was founded upon what? Can you can you finish that sentence? The the application of the Bible to every aspect of life, including civics. that's that's a false statement. Can you, Why do you chapter and verse? Hold on. Can you uh, chapter and verse that from our founding? Yes. In the Declaration of Independence, it says we have inalienable rights that come from our Creator. Those rights are enumerated in the Ten Commandments. For whenever God is that, says... Have- is that statement... Wait a second. Is that statement, those rights are enumerated in the Ten Commandments, is that anywhere in the Declaration of Independence? No, but it's stated in the exactly. Founding Fathers' writings. It's stated in the it's let me let me let me pose this. We're, we're running out of time. I don't mean to talk okay. over you. Honestly, okay. I don't. We're okay. running out of time. I just have a question. What sure. if the possibility exists that these guys who were actually humanists, deists, you know, the Committee of Five was made up pr- primarily of deists and who are the five? The Committee of Five. Yeah, who are the five? It was Jefferson, um, Adams. Jefferson, who said that Christianity is the best religion that he's ever come across. Jefferson is a Unitarian. No, we Jeffer- well, he, what he, did he Jefferson might've, take? He Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Donated to Episcopal. If you want to have a conversation, Pastor, let's have a conversation. Do you acknowledge the fact that Jefferson disavowed Jesus's miracles, for example? No. No, I don't, because the Bible he, he didn't. He didn't. To, he wrote a Bible he didn't for the remove. Indian chief. He did a synopsis of the Gospels. For let's the let's have Indians. a conversation. He wasn't, he Hold wasn't on a second. Miracles. You're talking over me. This doesn't work. Because if we're going to have a conversation, let's have a conversation. We're running out of time. Okay, I'll listen. Jefferson removed significant portions of his Bible. Bible. Quit talking over me. 
listen, I'm, you know what? I'm going to have to cut you off. If you want to have a conversation, have a conversation. I listen to you respectfully. I'm trying to have a conversation with you. I don't want to debate. I don't want to fight. This is not your broadcast, quite frankly. You called in. Please be respectful. If you ask me a question, but if you state something that is inaccurate historically, I have to refute it. Listen to me. I tried to answer your question about who the Committee of Five is. You interrupted me after I gave two names of five. Because you said you made an inaccurate statement. You're done, Pastor. You're done. Please. He's done. I mean, are you kidding? You give pastors a bad name, Pastor Earl Wallace. You should be embarrassed and ashamed of yourself. Honestly, I don't think that's how God wants you to behave. I tried to answer your question. I gave two names in the committee of five, Jefferson and Adams. You interrupted me to dispute. I don't want to dispute. I want to have a conversation. I want us to do better. Now, let me offer this, uh, you know, thought for you. And for those who think this way, and I understand, listen, this is a controversial thing that I'm talking about. This is exactly what I'm talking about. This is exactly the kind of reaction I expect with the stuff that I introduced starting, I think, January 4th of this year. Exactly what I'm talking about. Here's the point, because we have like 10 seconds left in today's broadcast. What if the possibility exists that... People that had nefarious intentions, certain, not all. What if they introduced certain things into our society under the guise of, you know, dressed up biblical language? Because as I as I said, again, you know, the substantive basis of what was just said is not found in the Declaration of Independence and the clue The big harbinger is the laws of nature and nature's God. That's a Spinozan turn of phrase. Spinoza also was not a Christian. He influenced Jefferson and Locke and all those guys. We're out of time, obviously. I hope despite the last shenanigans, it was somewhat edifying. Probably entertaining. I hope you have a great weekend. Please pray for one another and support the network. As always, it truly is an honor and a pleasure. Take care. God bless. We'll catch you on the other side. Hi, Tom Bolton for Ease Off. I know so many of you are finding our EZ4 Carcass Drop and Lift an essential tool for your meat processing operation. But today I want to spotlight four of our new products. First, our right height hog cradles with steel or aluminum frames. Our customers love this back-saving innovation that enhances sanitation and speeds production. Next, our beef cradles with stainless steel or aluminum frames eliminate rust and corrosion. We hope you'll compare our quality and prices for this essential part of your processing line. Our cradles are especially effective when used with our power skinner. And finally, our hook tumbler will keep your hooks clean and polished. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC, 417-932-6419. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network.